This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Professional Homegirl Podcast. I am your host, Ebony, and on this week's episode, my guest emailed me, wanted to share her story of being a 23-year-old woman having children with a married man. Now, I'm not going to lie, this conversation actually broke my heart because I can see the pain and regret this young woman is experiencing. Now, I am not saying that I agree with her actions, but I do think it's important that we be the big sister or a brother to individuals in her situation or any situation that we, including myself, needed niggas to be for us in our fucked up situations. Because as we all know, Sometimes your worst decision is your only decision, okay? We discuss a wide range of topics, including today's music, friendships, and the lack of support that have shaped her decision-making process. I hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode, I Had Children with a Married Man, starting now. So to my guests, thank you so much for being on the show. How you doing? How you feeling? 
I'm good. Just a little tired, you know. Been working, but overall, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. You know who you look like? Who? Who they tell you um you look like? Without being pregnant, I've got brandy before. Don't really see it. You giving Summer Walker? Summer Walker? I think my face so fat right now. No, nah, Summer Walker's pretty. I like her. That's my girl. She's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I take it as a compliment. So I'm going to say thank you. Yeah. No, nah, I love Summer Walker. Now, you were someone that wrote into the show. You want to share your story. So I really do appreciate you being honest and transparent because I do agree with you that this is a conversation that needs to be had on a regular basis. So I appreciate you for wanting to come to the show and share your story. Were you scared? Yeah, and then I think I, I also did it because when I do come clean with my family, like my whole pregnancy, and they want to know what's going on, I don't want to talk to them. Just listen to the podcast. Right, right. You know, the whole rundown of what happened. All right. Well, you know, I, I know you a little bit younger than me, so I'm going to handle you with care. You can ask anything. No, no, I'm going to ask anything, but I want to be mindful, especially to the listeners, because I feel like when people see titles, sometimes people are quick to judge oh. or assume. So I don't want you to, you know, feel uncomfortable or anything, because this is a safe space, and I want you to be able to get your story out as fully and as honest as possible. Now, how do you think societal norms and expectations influence the way people view fidelity in relationships? I feel like that's one of the biggest ways that relationships are influenced nowadays, especially with me growing up, because mm-hmm. I started being big relationships when I was 19. That's when I got my first major relationship with an older guy. And, you know, now nowadays we're not looking for love. We're more, we're, people are looking for whether it's money or just sex or just, no one's really looking for love. And this, this was being promoted, though. Right. So, you know. And how old are you now? I'm 23 now. I'll be 24 and I'll be in a second. Oh, well, happy early birthday. Are you excited? I mean, it's the second year I'm pregnant on my birthday. <laughs> now, in what ways do you believe social media has impacted the dynamics of relationships and infidelity? Because you grew up on social media pretty much. Yeah. It's just, um, like I said, what you, the things that you see, the things being posted, being broadcasted, you know, uh, people, like nowadays, people are posting, oh, I want a nigga with money. So, you know, I'm like, okay, that's what I want. Because, like, I remember me and my best friend, we were both, eight, we just turned 18, City Girls came out. And we were like, um, they were saying about fucking nigga, get some money, something like that. Some of them was saying about get some money from niggas. We like, yeah, we finna start getting money from niggas. That's when we first, like, we finna start really using these niggas. Like, right. Social media and music has a big impact on the young generation. Do you feel like artists should be held accountable for this? Because I do feel like music has definitely um, in- encouraged a lot of different behavior from everyone, including myself. I, yes and no, because I feel like that's where people who have a strong mindset comes in. Like, if you, you can listen to music all day, but if you have a strong mindset, then you don't let it influence you. Right. You know, this is all you hear is all you see. Right. So it's like, you're not hearing anything different. It's just like, you're just going with the flow. You're just going with society norms. Right. So in the email you sent me, you said that there are a lot of people who don't have morals. So how would you s- describe your personal moral code or set of values? Um, I was, I ain't gonna say I didn't have morals. I've always been like 
very good hearted, very kind. Like I'm a really, I try to be, I'm naturally a good person. You know, like it's people that's naturally mean, just naturally just, you know, I'm naturally a good person. But other than that, like I was, when it comes to, well, in the relationship, when it comes to relationships, my morals just kind of, so it's kind of hard to describe because I'm loyal, but then I'm, I'm not, then I am. Like, <laughs> So how are you in relationships? I've always dated people much older than me. And what's much older? I, Oh, I was 19 in my first real relationship, like, I don't say real, but my first, like, major relationship when we moved in together, it was with a 33-year-old. And how was that? It started off really good, but then it turned abusive, very abusive and manipulative, and I stayed with him for, like, two and a half years because I didn't really have nowhere else to go. I was living with him, and then we, I I broke it off because it was too much. And where was your family at? Like, are they, do you not have a good relationship with your family? I do, but everybody else have their own, like, like everybody going through stuff. Right. So how did you meet this guy that you have your children with? Because right now I can see that you're expecting a baby, right? Yeah. And you're expecting yeah. him? Yeah, I am. I am. We have another son, eight month old together. And that's actually, I met him getting out of that relationship so i was kind of very vulnerable at the time mm-hmm. you know when I, when I met him me and my ex was probably like we had probably he we were still living together but i was telling he was he had moved in with me because i got my own place at the time mm-hmm. i was young and dumb so i'm like okay you can come move with me <laughs> so uh we were really just breaking up like it was probably like a week or two weeks after we broke up and i ended up meeting my child's father now and that was at work and wait, so you have two kids with him or three? I have three kids total, but two kids with my child's father now. Oh, okay. And the last kid is with the, your ex? This is the, the second baby by him. No, that was, I was 16. I got pregnant. Why are you like older men? It's not even that. It's just like, I don't even be knowing their age. Like, you know, when I was 19, I thought my ex was 25. But it's just like, I didn't know he was 33. I had found out on my own. Like when I went through his phone. He didn't tell you? He didn't tell me. He never told me his age. Like, he wouldn't say nothing. He like, you'll find out. And then after I found out, like, months later, I was like, oh, well. Like, I like him, so. But you didn't think that that was kind of weird, though? Not at the time. He was doing, like, everything for me, so. Right. So, at the time, I didn't care. I think it's weird. Like, <laughs> now, but then I didn't. And then he didn't look his age, so. And what does your dad say about him? My dad is, I stayed with my grandparents and my grand, my granddad died when I was 17. Mm. So you don't really have a um, relationship with your mom and dad? My mom is, she's schizophrenic, cool, cool. She battling a lot of demons and my dad, he's the same way. No, I feel you. Listen, I know exactly how it feels to try to figure things out when you ain't really got the support that you need. So sometimes... The the bet the worst decision that everybody think it is that they think is the worst decision is sometimes your only decision and it's the yeah. best decision at that moment. So I totally understand what it feels like to you know do what you gotta do. And I can't talk to my grandma because she's really religious and strict, and then she just well the Bible says and all this you don't want to hear that all the time. Like yeah, right. you want advice? She gonna she gonna make you feel bad about it. Like right. So how old is the the father of your kids? Now he is 37. And you, he was your supervisor at work. So how did that relationship start? 
Well, actually, he was my trainer, so he was training me at work. And mm-hmm. uh, and he asked my number. He was like, if you need any questions, because the work, I, I was working at very physical, hard job. But the money is really, really good. Right. So uh, he was like, like, trainer. He started texting me like, hey, beautiful. I'm like, ain't this just for work? <laughs> but and I, we just started texting. And that was... And the crazy thing, he wasn't really like my type. He was just Yeah, don't be the ones. Don't be the ones who ain't never your type. <laughs> oh, like, he was laid back and he was cool. And everybody thought I wanted him for what he had. But I didn't even know what he had at the time. And what did he have? He had a nice car. He had like a little Corvette, big monster truck. And like I didn't know he had all that when I first met him. Like I had no clue. So everybody at work was like, shouldn't we talk to you for your money, for your car? For I'm like, no. Did you just want to mess with him to mess with him, or did you see like a future with him? No, I never seen a future with him. I just wanted to mess with him because I was getting out of a relationship and I just wanted to have fun. Like I've been with my ex for th- almost three years, and I was just so done and ready to just move on and have fun. Right. So when did people started to catch on with about y'all at work? Because did y'all get fired because of the situation? No, we got fired for clocking each other in. Child, no time stealing. <laughs> <laughs> And he blamed me to this day, but it was him who told me to do it first. He told me to clock him in one day. And I was like, I was scared. He was like, we ain't going to get caught as long as nobody see you. Somebody had to tell for us to get caught. But everybody knew we was talking. Like, everybody at work knew we were talking. Right. What were y'all, like, flirting at work and shit? Yeah, we, he was really flirty. We both were just really flirty. Like, we both were. And I didn't even know he was married at the time. Like, this after we had sex. So, right, at the moment, I was, like, digmatized a little bit. So. And obviously he was too because okay, yeah we was, <laughs> we was on each other. You would have thought we was in a relationship for a year where we was on each other at work. And he was up for a promotion, right? Yeah, he was gonna. Yeah, they just promoted him to a manager position, and we were supposed to fly to North Carolina to train. And he making one hundred and fifty k. Yeah. Damn, I need to get a job there. Shit. <laughs> it's hard. No, you don't. You don't want. It. You want a man that works there, but you don't. no. Let me not. <laughs> but no, because I'm saying like the cost of living, like y'all are in the South. So 150K, 200K, that's a that's a, a really decent salary. He had a lifestyle that most guys dream of having and he messed it all up. Right. So when did you find when did you find out that he was married? So he was selling plates at work. Child, this nigga hustling. <laughs> I was like, he was selling weed and plates at work, but I didn't just never thought to myself like, Who's making these plates? Like, I never once thought. What type of plates? Like, soul food plates? Like, yeah, like pork chop plates, like spaghetti. I just never, I never asked. I never, I never even cared who was making the plates. I just, it never was a thought in my head. Right. Someone at the job, they were being petty. They was like, oh, wife makes some good plates. She said it right next to me. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, girl, his wife made these bomb plates. Like, these plates are bomb. I'm like, his wife. She was like, yeah, girl, his wife. <laughs> That's when I asked him, I was like, you married? He was like, you didn't know that? Everybody knew I was married. What? I was like, yeah. And how long were y'all dating? Y'all were messing with each other at this point? Maybe like three weeks. Okay. Yeah, like, like three weeks. And you didn't know, it, it never dawned on you that he was with someone else? No, I never knew he had anybody. So when will y'all see, when will y'all spend time with each other? He was coming to my apartment. Ah, uh, but you would never go to his apartment. 
Because when did I go to his house? Okay, so we started messing around after two weeks of us meeting. So the whole timeline is we met. Two weeks after we met, we started, you know, being intimate. Then that's when I found out he was married, like within that week after we started being intimate. Mm. So, yeah, then I went to his house. He went to my house first and I went to his house. And then I seen all the pictures on the wall of his family. The, yeah, the huge five-bedroom house. It's huge. Kids stuff everywhere. Wife stuff everywhere. I'm just like, wow. And how did you feel? At the moment, I'm like, at first I, I didn't feel bad. I'm gonna be real. I didn't feel. I didn't care at the moment because I liked the way he was doing for me. Right. He was buying me Jordans and paying my bills, and he was throwing me like every time he got paid, he would cut me like five hundred dollars. Mm. Yeah, and I'm like, I liked the way he was doing for me. At first, I did not care at all. AT and T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What led to the decision of you having children with him despite his marital status? Like, was abortion the option? Abortion was, no, that was the first thing on my mind. I was like, oh, we got to get this abortion ASAP. Three days before my appointment, the abortion law changed, literally. So they changed it from, I was seven weeks when when it was my appointment, but they changed it to, you had to be like six weeks. Wow. And how did you feel? I know you was pissed. They was like, we can just go to North Carolina. I'm like, yeah, we can go We can go to North Carolina and have the abortion. He was like, nah, he don't have so many abortions. Like, he was a dog. The things he did to his wife, and he even told me this, and I don't know why I never thought he could do it to me. That part. Like, he don't had two abortions on her while they were together from two other females. So he was like, he felt like this is his boy because he got a lot of girls. He think I should just keep it. He really loves me. Listen, one thing about a nigga, when a nigga ain't shit, God gonna give him exactly what he love, which is women. <laughs> That's yeah. why he got all these girls. Because unfortunately, man. Oof. Yeah, and I was like, and I just went with it. I'm just like, I only had one kid at the time. I'm just like, my son was five at, at the moment. Right. I'm like, all right. Is, you sure you want to keep it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, but I, every time I would argue, I would threaten him like, I'm gonna go get an abortion. I'm gonna get an abortion. Because I wasn't really sure. And then it was too late. I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Right. 
And at this point, how were you feeling about him? Like, were you in love with him? Or like, at this point, did you see a future? Once I got pregnant with him, I was like, what God do? Like, he was at my house every day. And I'm just like, because me and his wife got into it. She caught me. Yeah, she kind of caught us at the house one day together. What you mean she kind of caught y'all at the house? Like, she walked in when I was leaving. So we were leaving and she was walking in. And he said she was out of town. Now, me and her is getting in it. Them two got in school. So now he's at my house every day. And how, you, you didn't feel no way? Like, you don't think that, do you think he was wrong? Not then. Not, I still didn't care. Not then. Eventually, I'm going to. But when he was at my house every day, it's like, once I started to really see who he is, because now I only knew him for a few months now. Right. <laughs> I did not like him no more. Like, when I was pregnant, I'm like, oh, my gosh. What am I doing? Like, he was so annoying. Like, everything he did annoyed me. Well, wait, how long him and his wife were married? They were together for 12 years, married for two. And I'm assuming they have kids. How many kids they have? Three girls together. Wow. Did you ever feel like once you was pregnant, because now you're pregnant with him, did you feel like maybe he'll have an obligation to, like, be with you? Or, like, you were just over at this point? Um... Not really obligated. I don't know what I was feeling. I know I was over the relationship. Right. I don't know. It's just, once I got pregnant with him, it was like, everything was fine until I got pregnant. It was like, everything he did annoyed me. So I don't really, I don't know if I've seen the future. I said, everybody kept telling me, like my close friends, just, you just pregnant. It's just your hormones. You'll be, after the baby, y'all gonna, y'all gonna be better. So was he there for you throughout the pregnancy? Like when it was time for you to give birth and... Yeah, he was, but we argued my entire pregnancy, so, but he was there. Yeah, he still is. He's still, he's still there financially. Mm. So are there any challenges of being in a relationship with a married man and, like, you trying to figure things out? Yeah. Yeah, You what you put into this world is what you're going to get out of it. Like, karma is so real. I've been, and then I felt so bad. Like, I started to really feel bad once I found out they was staying with their friend. They didn't, because they didn't, he told his wife, y'all keep the house. He's going to move with me. She didn't want the house. She got another woman being in it. I don't want it. Even though I'm not the first girl to get pregnant by him while they were together. I'm just the only one that kept it. She was like, no. So I gave up my apartment and moved in with him. And it's just been, like, so much bad. Oh, that's why you at your homegirl's house, because you still living with him. Yeah, he's there. Child. You know, I went through your Instagram page and I'm a, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I can tell that this is really bothering you. And I, I feel like you have a, uh, especially you coming from a religious background with your grandmother, I feel like you have a sense of who God is and you have a strong relationship with him. So, you know, how does, it, how does this make you feel and look at yourself? Because I can tell like you don't, you're not comfortable with this. I'm not like at all. No, take your time. Boys get really deep when I cry, so I'm trying not to. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I had, like, a dream one day, like, I was going to hell. And I'm, like, I'm other than me having, like, doing, like, committing adultery, I don't, know, I don't really do anything else bad. Like, I don't steal. Everybody tell a little white lies, but I don't really, I don't do nothing really bad. Right. So I'm, like, once I had that dream, like, this is wrong. That's, that's when it really, like. Can you I describe felt- the dream? Okay, so basically, like, I was sleeping, and I was in the house. I could we sleep in two separate rooms now. 
So I was in my room, I was sleeping, and everything looked the same. Like I'm dreaming right now. So everything looks the same. But I see my I'm looking down, I see my body. So I think I'm dead. Right. I, I had this dream before I even knew I was pregnant. So I thought I died because I'm looking at my body. I'm like, oh my God, when did I die? But it's like, but next to my body, there's a newborn baby. And in the crib, there's another baby. I'm like, whoa, this is a dream. I don't have two babies. And um it was a demon just popped out of nowhere that said, this is not a dream. This is real. You are going to hell. I said, wait, wait, what? So I thought I had died again. I'm like, no, I, am I dead? Like, they said, no, you're not, but this is real. And you had to hell. And they, like, dragged me to hell. And I had, like, my two babies still right there. And I didn't even know I was pregnant again. Like, I, I just had one baby. So I'm like, I kept getting the urge to take a pregnancy test. So a few weeks later, I finally just did it. And that's when I found out I was pregnant. I'm like, dang, this dream was so real. Like, it kind of woke me up a little bit. Yeah, that would have scared the shit out of me, too. Yeah, it did. Like, sex with him, I just went cold turkey. And, like, when I cut off sex, he cut off everything financially. Like, everything he was doing for me at the moment, like, he was giving me money. I wasn't working, so he was giving me money weekly and all that. He just cut everything off. Mm. So what is the relationship like now? It's still pretty much the same. He do more now. But it's it's more bad days than good days. And I cause I asked him, I said, Can you get a divorce, please? If you want our relationship to work, get a divorce. And he said no. He want his wife back. The wife has been over there so many times. We have a camera in our house and I would see his wife over there, they all laughing, playing, the kids, they playing. And I just, I feel so bad. Because they'd be like, we missed you, Dad. Like, because he didn't see his kids for about a year. Wow. And when, when the wife is there, where are you at? At work? Yeah, I was at work. Because she just come in whenever she wants, check her mail. And I'm, I, I told my baby daddy, I said, you need to change the locks. She's just coming in whenever she wants. And he's like, no, I'll change it when you leave. Because he wants his family back now. Because, like, this is a man that had everything, but he kind of lost it all. We done been to the point where the lights were off. The water don't got cut off. He's struggling to keep up with his with his car notes. He's struggling to pay insurance. Insurance was off on the car. It's wow. like, yeah. So I'm assuming that y'all are not intimate. Because when did you yeah. have this dream? Back in May. And this is when you found out that you was pregnant with your child now? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then you also said you got into like a really bad car accident. Yeah, right. Like I got in a in a car on the highway, and it was like a single wreck. It was my me and my homegirls in the car, and we like happened. She can't even tell me what happened. I can't describe it. Police came. Like what happened? I don't even know. Like the whole car just started spinning around. Was it and raining, then, or did you? Was it some black ice? It was no. It was summertime. It was summertime. It had just rained, but like it rained for like ten seconds, like maybe thirty seconds, and then it just stopped. I wasn't speeding. I don't speed, so I'm just. We can't really explain how it happened. I just, ever since then, I've been thinking this is my karma. Mm. So much bad karma. And I'm assuming you and his wife don't have no type of relationship. Like, does the kids interact I, with each other? I, I reached out to her, sent her like a long apology letter, but she didn't respond. So she's basically just, she don't give two fucks about me. At the end of the day, she's the victim. And me and him, we the, we the bad one. She's the victim. So I don't really blame her. For how she chose to react in the situation, right? And what have your what have your family and friends said about this situation? I mean, of course, they've been on my side. I mean, I've lost since that happened. I've lost two of my best friends. 
Really? Um, my homegirl, she was like, you messing with a married man? You got all them demons on you? I, I can't hang with you no more. Wow. Yeah. And, and my other friend, she's like, she was 28 at the time. She was messing with married men, too. And I kind of looked up to her, like, because she was so beautiful and she dressed so well. She always had money and nice things. So I kind of looked up to her. So she was telling me her experience with married men. It was just like, I had something to talk about now. Like, right. And then she cut me off, so. So why y'all fall out? Because I, I know she wasn't judging. I was the black. Because I stopped texting her every day and calling and we stopped hanging out. And she said, I'm sorry. And then she said I was fake. But I'm like, I got another kid. I just had another baby. Like, she don't right. have no kids. Not in a relationship. She had no kids. So she wouldn't understand. Right. So how do you explain, how do you plan on explaining this to your kids as they get older? This going to be the hard part. I don't. I don't know. I know I'm gonna have to. Right. But um I don't know. I'm just I guess when they're old enough to understand, like I was young, I made a mistake. Like messing with married people is not worth it. Like what everything that comes behind it, like is it's not worth it. Right. He went went from having fun and he had everything. I had my own place, my own car. Now I drive his car because mine's got wrecked. And now we struggling to pay bills and yeah, it was everything just went downhill ever since. Right. But you know, at some point you're gonna have to forgive yourself and move on from this. You can't you you didn't made a mistake. You know, I do think that since you came from a, a situation of um not having a lot of support, it made you have to move a certain way. But I think that in order for you to move forward and start healing, it's time for you to forgive yourself. And it was like, I told myself, like, I forgave myself. Like, I asked God for forgiveness. And I told myself, like, I forgive myself. But it's like, I still feel guilty. So it's like, do I really, like, whenever I see the girls over, because she don't let the girls come. When I'm not there, she'll let them come for a little while to hang with him. And whenever I see them on the camera, like, hanging with him, I feel so guilty. So it's just always, I just have just, just this guilty conscience in the back of my head is just going to leave. Yeah, but you also, you know, it takes two to tangle, so you can't carry that guilt by yourself. Like he blamed me for everything. He blamed me for how his life went. He blamed me that he lost his job, he lost his family, his kids. He said everybody he cheated on her with, he lost everything once he got with me. Yeah, but that's what niggas do. <laughs> they don't take no accountability. So, you know, yeah. you can't let somebody use your mistakes against you. Like you know, now you got your big girl draws on. You're a woman. And you gotta handle yours, and it is what it is. Like you keep it moving, you know. Only, only person that can judge you is God. Yeah, that's why I'm moving out. Though I'm gonna let him. If he want his family back, I'm gonna let him try to get that. If, if it works out, I don't know. That's why I said I'm, I'm gonna move on my aunt to Tennessee. He moved in October the the thirty first. Oh, how are Yes, but I'm working right now, so I kind of want to work a little longer and make a little more money. Now, how has the situation influenced your views on commitment, relationships, and fidelity? I don't even want nobody that's texting somebody else. Yeah. You have somebody who's like, I didn't care. Like, I don't know. I feel like I owe nobody no loyalty. But I was always loyal. Like, if I was in a relationship with someone, then I'm kind of, I'm loyal to that person. But see, I think that's the problem. I think that moving forward, you need to be loyal to yourself. It's going to be a minute before you get in a relationship. And then you also want to, you do hair or makeup or something, right? Yeah, I do makeup. Yeah, so I think you should just, you know, take care of your kids and work on your craft. Like, it's going to, 
listen, I always told myself when I used to be in some fucked up situations, I'm like, you know what, E, you can only be at the bottom for so long. At at some point, you got to start working your way to the top. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel I feel that way. Yeah, so listen, it, it is gonna work out. Like, don't beat yourself up. Like, we here now. It is what it is. Like, you know, hopefully you learn your lesson. And oh, you I, know, if, if I ain't never learned a lesson <laughs> in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you, you know, I feel like when I was reading your story, when you, because I get so many um emails from people wanting to be on the show. And I don't know, something about your story really stood out. And I'm just like, yo, I, let me have her on the show. Because, you know, I, I really do know how what it feels like to, you know, do certain things, especially with certain people, just to keep your head above the water. Yeah. And I, I didn't even need it. I was doing good. I had my own apartment. I was making good because we were working at the same job. So even though he was making way more, I was making base pay. I was making 23 an hour. It was enough to, I didn't have no rent at the time. My rent was paid up for a year due to oh. the COVID. Yeah, so due to the COVID stuff, so I was what like, you got, PP loan? But it wasn't a lot. It was like a little small. No, don't be snitching on yourself, child. <laughs> oh, I didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, mine was done legitly. So okay, 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 okay. I was actually doing pretty good without him. Like me and my kid, we was doing good. Like, so why do you think? Think about it. Why do you think that you gravitate towards him? Like. Do you really think you just wanted a nigga with some money? Like, or was it something deeper? No, because like I said, I didn't know how much he was making. I didn't know what he had until I was already talking. I didn't, I didn't know. Because you wasn't attracted to him at first. No, I was not. He was so corny. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. I, I don't know. And I be asking myself that all the time. What made me talk to him in the first place? No, I was like, do you think it's maybe because of the lack of um positive male figures in your le- in your life because i know your grandfather passed away and i'm pretty sure he was your protector yeah he was he was it was everything i maybe it's i think maybe because i was vulnerable like i said i was with my ex and i was in a really abusive relationship with him for a long time and i told him i'm moving on i want him to see i was moving on right i had got other phone numbers but he the first one i really just started hanging out with right i wanted him to see my ex to see that like i'm moving on and him and my ex fault. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, what? So crazy. Like, it's just so many crazy stories. Like, me and the dude, my baby daddy now, like, when we first met, he came, I told you he came to my house, living with me, but I had kicked him out. And somehow he got, got into the house and he seen us laying in the bed and naked. It was just, it was, it was just crazy. Like, Listen, if y'all gonna do y'all dirt, y'all gotta make sure that everybody is gone. <laughs> No, he was like he was gone. I felt bad because he had nowhere to go, and he moved me in his place. So I told him he can come when I leave. Like when I told him I had a relationship, I'm, I will. I met someone else. I said when I leave, you can come. Right. When I'm here, you can't be here. Yeah, I'm so messy. Our relationship has just been crazy. Like it, it was like it's it's been crazy. Like it have it's been more bad than good, but it's just been crazy. I'm so messy. I was about to say, who won? <laughs> Girl, neither one of them. <laughs> they both got beat up by each other. One had one was leaking from the eyes. The other was leaking from the face. I'm just like, I got to beat each other up. Like, nobody lost, but nobody won. Ciao. <laughs> AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. 
Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how are you taking care of yourself? Because how many months are you are you now? You six months. Yeah, I've been hiding from my family. You've been hiding from your family. Wait, yeah. so they don't know that you're pregnant? Yeah, because I don't want to talk about it right now. Because everybody knows, like me and her don't really get along, and everybody know I kind of want to leave him. And it's like, why would you get pregnant again? And you know you want to leave him, and you know the relationship not working. Right. And I'm just saying I'm not ready to talk about it, and so when I do. Tell them about. It. I'm gonna say, go watch the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you a question. And I don't want you to feel bad for um for your response. Do you regret having kids? When I, I yeah, I do. I, I I do regret having kids. I mean, I missed. I had my first kid when I was 16, so I missed a lot of. I know I would have been in college. I had to drop out of high school. Had to start working. I had to move out once my granddad died when I was 17. I had a lot of responsibilities. I never... And I was really smart in school. Really, really smart. Made straight A's. What you going to go to college for? What you going to major in? I don't even know anymore what I used to tell myself. Because it changed a lot. Like, one time I wanted to be a, a lawyer. And then, like, I don't, I don't... I just haven't thought about it anymore. But I'm back in school now. I'm getting my GED, so... Oh, that's good. My score is so high that they say I don't have... You're supposed to do 40 hours in school before you can take your test. 12 hours. Because I scored so high on the practices. And then once you're done with your GED, what's next? Um, I'm a, I just I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think I wanna uh I wanna be an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. In ninth grade, selling candy, bringing home, buying food stuff from people, selling candy for way more than what I should sell it for. <laughs> and uh I started making crocs, I started doing makeup, I tried to do hair. Oh, yeah, I saw that you was designing Crocs. It's, it's something I just started to do, but it hadn't really... It's been a lot going on, so I haven't been able to really do it right now. Right. And, of course, the entrepreneurship side. So I was thinking about taking a business class, management class. But right now, life's so crazy. I'm just going to go with the flow. Yeah. You know, I just think you just need to be open. I think you need to come up with some type of plan and just... Take it day by day, like break that plan down into like small digestible goals and just keep going because you can do it. You can make it happen. You know, you just have two responsibilities. No, you have three responsibilities, so it can be done. It may take a little bit more work, but you just got to stay positive and keep going. Yeah, and I I love my kids, but it, it does get hard. It gets very hard. Having to work, and then you know, then I'm gonna have another baby, and my other baby is just eight months. It is extremely 
extremely hard, especially for a young mother. When you don't have that good support system, it's really hard. So it's like, if you can wait, so the young people that's listening, you can wait, wait, and you can wait till you're married. That's the best idea. Now, do you want to get married? I do. And that's what kind of made me not want to be with him no more when he told me he don't want to get married again. And he said he would never marry me. So I was like, why are we even together? Like, what are we even doing? It's pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. And you know what? Another piece of advice, don't let no nigga tell you. A nigga only got one time to tell me he don't want me. Don't let a nigga, nigga tell you how many, a, a second time, a third time. Like, he got some fucking nerve. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm moving on. After that, I was like, Mm-mm. yeah, this this is pretty much over. And I've been trying to, I've been looking for places ever since. Right. And have you been working on your, your relationship with yourself, with your self-love? No, and I told myself I need to start back doing that. Because before uh, I met him, I my hair was done every other week. Like, yeah, I saw your Instagram pictures. The hair was laid. Everything stayed done. My feet, nails, my nails not done. My toes not done. I got my hair in a ponytail. Like, this, I got to get back right with myself. Like, that's why I told myself I'm gonna get back right with myself. Right. And when do you plan on telling your family? Because I can see your stomach. I don't go around them, or even when I do, I probably wear a big hoodie or something. You don't hug them. No, I haven't been going around them anymore. So you gonna ride out three more months and then pop up with another baby? Yeah, I'm gonna try. Cause my I'm such a my family they do a lot of things together. Right. They have game night or they go out to eat at a restaurant. They do a lot of things together. So they have to sit it out. Yeah, they're religious and judgmental. So it's like instead of like instead of I don't want to hear. I haven't told them yet because I don't want to hear like what are you doing? Why would you do this? I want to hear like. How can you help or what can you know? I want to hear positivity. I don't want to hear any more negativity. Right. I haven't told him yet because I know it's a negative thing said. But if I'm playing devil's advocate, do you think it's neg- negativity or do you think it's like criticism, like holding you accountable for the, the, the part you played in? I don't want to hear right now. I'm holding it's, I have enough in the back of my head as it is. Right. What are you going to do with a third baby? How are you going to take care of the baby? I don't, right. You don't got to ask me. I'm asking myself that. So it's like. Right. Right. And you don't think you have anybody in your family who you can't talk to that would be like that with you? Me and my sister is really close. She's two years younger than me. So she helped me with the kids. She had one boy herself. And she, I would tell her, but it's just like, once I, t- I feel like once I tell one person, I got to be ready to tell everybody. I got to be ready for everybody. Right. Or they're going to find out on this show, child. So how has this situation made you reflect on the concept of karma and the potential influence it had on your life? And what do you plan on doing to reverse it or change it? Um, well, I feel like um, the situation I got myself into and the and all the karma I received behind it is 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 pretty much taught me a lesson. Like it's not even just messing with married men, but it just taught me a, le- a life lesson in general about what you put into this world is what you are gonna get back out of this world. Like the energy you put in, it, you're gonna get right get that same energy back. So I try to be a better person. I try to right my wrongs with people. I give to the homeless more. Try to make up for this one wrong thing that I've done. Right. No, that's good. I mean, listen, all you can do is just forgive yourself, learn from this so you don't have to keep going through this again with somebody else. And also, you know, just work on your self-love because you deserve to have your own man. You shouldn't have to be 
with somebody else. You deserve to be with somebody that loves you and that cherishes you and want to be with you and your family. So definitely. I definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Now, what advice do you have for others who may find themselves in a similar situation or is considering being involved with a married person? Um, for people who are already in this situation, like you are not alone, like the feelings you feel behind it, the guilt, the guilt trips, you are not alone because I feel it so much. And I feel like the best way to each of mine is to talk about it. That's why I'm glad I did have this conversation with you. And I have my friend who house I'm at. I can talk to her about it a lot. That's good. It's like, just have somebody to talk to about it. If you can get out, y'all don't have any strings attached get out of it, especially dealing with anybody in a, whether they're in a relationship or married or just get out of it because your value is so much more and it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth it. Breaking up a home, breaking up kids, it's, it's not worth it. Right. And wait, and does he have a relationship with your kids? Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, he's there. Um, I know he's financially there, but is he physically and emotionally there? Yeah, yeah, we all live together, so he's he's physically there pretty much because he has to be. That's when I can really see is he really going to be there, right? And do yeah. you know how many other women there there has been since you've been pregnant? Is he still messing with other women, or yeah, he don't mess with other women because, like I said, we stopped having sex, and he is very hypersexual, so. Yeah, he has definitely messed with other women. He said he don't have money to mess with females. I'm like, that's crazy, but... Right. (laughs) You don't really need money to mess with females, but in his case, I guess you do. (laughs) See how you made me? Right. And what are your future plans and intentions in in relation to the situation and just your children? And overall, like, I know you want to get your... You're getting your GED... Mm-hmm. You want to be an entrepreneur, so we go. I'm gonna keep in contact with you, keep you, hold you accountable, so you can get oh, yeah. to an entrepreneur class. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my plan is actually if I, well, I'm going to move my aunt in Tennessee for until I have the baby. Then I want to start by looking for my own place. We're looking for a job, then looking for my own place. Oh, so uh, she know you pregnant? No, not yet. She's finna. She's about to find out. Child, <laughs> I find out. But um, are you scared? No, I mean, no, not really. Yeah, I just talk about. It, I'm not going to talk. Like you can't make me say anything. I don't talk about. But um, yeah, if I like it in Tennessee, I think I'm a um, I'm gonna stay out there. If I miss home, I might find an apartment out here. But um, yeah, and then um, I don't know. Just be there. I just want to be there for my kids financially. Like it was so easy. I don't say it was super easy with one kid, but it was much, much easier. Like I was, he was affordable, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, kids are expensive. They are, but one kid, one kid is doable. Right. One kid, it is definitely affordable. Right. <laughs> with three, I just got to work extra hard. Right. You know? you know what? I'm just curious. So have you changed the music that you listen to? Because I do believe that you are everything that you put yourself your environment so like have you changed your environment i know you you changed your friends but what about the music yeah i don't even i don't listen to no more secular music yeah you know what i let me not i just started back like when i'll be cleaning i like i like jamaican music and like afro beats while i'm um cleaning and stuff i don't really think this but as in listening to like rap and 
See, I don't listen to Sexy Red. I don't know not no Sexy Red song. If I know a song, it's because I scrolled and heard it on Instagram so much. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't listen to none of it no more, like at all. In the car, I only play gospel. And then, like, I'm at home, I'm just chilling. I might play once in a blue moon. I might play a little R and B, but I mainly play like Jamaican music, African music. It don't really promote it as much, right? Right. Well, I'm happy that you emailed me, and I want to say that I'm super proud of you. And I just want you to stay positive because, you know, we all have little bumps in our journey. But, you know, you just got to stay positive and just keep working. Everything is going to pan out for you. So, you know, I know it may be a little challenging right now, but it's going to work out. I'm going to keep faith. I almost lost it, but I'm like, you know, I caught it before I lost it. Yeah, sometimes... Listen, all you need, your faith can be the size of a mustard seed. And I am a firm believer because I had to work super hard, especially from some someone who don't have any support. So I definitely understand um, your feelings. So you just have to work really hard. And especially since you have three babies to look after. But, you know, everything is going to work out. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Of course. Yes, I feel like, you know, that is the reason why I created this show because I want women like us to be able to you know come to the, come to a place where you can feel safe and like you know be a part of a community where you're not alone because you're you're not the only person that messed with a married man before this is not the first time that this happened so you know i think that since you now know that that's not something that you would like to partake in now you're gonna make a different decision and everything's gonna work out yeah, and I hope someone hears this who needs to hear this, like who's probably about to mess with a married man or thinking about it or like it's not worth it. Right. It's not. Life was good before I met him. For both of us, life is good for him and life is good for me. Yeah. Well to the listeners, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the phgpodcast.com. And to my guests, thank you so much. I am definitely going to be on your ass like white on rice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to hold you accountable. Make sure you hit these goals. And until next time, everyone. Later. You're not going to say bye? Oh, yeah. Bye. The Professional Home Girl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's 
okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.